Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, November 9th, 2018, and today we are reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 155, uh, starting with the second paragraph on 155. It starts, When Our Friend Related, and we're going to read through two paragraphs, ending Might Give Him Mastery, and we're going to comment on both. So here's our lineup. We got a lineup. Today's readers, um, we have Lisa B. on the 12 Steps, and we have Bonnie M. on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Lauren N. and Lynn S. And the uh, reference number for Thursday, November 8th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 12,157. That's 12157. And for the 10 a.m., meeting it was 12,000 or it is 12,158 for yesterday 12,158 hi Larry yes ma'am this is Elise I'm supposed to read the 12 steps I just got on a few at least that's great I'm glad you're here we were gonna have Lisa do it but you're 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 it sorry tag you're it no no worries no worries we're glad you're here okay the uh the pre-ramble the preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose around here is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now ask Elise N. if you would be kind enough to read the the 12 steps. Okay, thank you. This is Elise N. One, we admitted we were powerless over, uh, over alcohol Oh, no, food, right, Uh, over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation 
to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry um, this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks so much, Elise. Appreciate your service. Okay, and just a reminder, um, if anyone's on speakerphone, if you can, we get echoes if that happens. Hey, yo, Bonnie M., will you read the 12 traditions for us, please? Sure, good morning. This is Bonnie, compulsive overeater. Uh, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group should be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, Bonnie. Appreciate that. Well, this may seem like a mess, but this, this meeting works. Um, and here's how it works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. What we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature, and then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over three minutes, you'll probably hear something like this, <clears throat> something like that. Anyway, singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And of course, we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Now, if you'd like to share, just press star one to unmute once you're done sharing, let us know by saying, I'm done sharing, or pass, or something like that, and then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Now, today we're going to resume our study of the big book. We are currently on page 155, 
the second paragraph. It starts, when our friend related. And we're going to read, Lauren's going to read through two paragraphs, ending with might give him mastery. And then we're going to, we're going to comment on both. So now I have for you, Lauren N. How's that for, a, for an intro, Lauren? Thank you, Larry. It's Lauren N. Can you hear me? You're coming through great. Thanks. Hello, visionaries. Lauren N. from New York, compulsive overeater and sugar addict. When our friend related his experience, the man agreed that no amount of willpower he might muster could stop his drinking for long. A spiritual experience, he conceded, was absolutely necessary, but the price seemed high upon the basis suggested. He told how he lived in constant worry about those who might find out about his alcoholism. He had, of course, the familiar alcoholic obsession that few knew of his drinking, why, he argued, should he lose the remaining, remainder of his business, only to bring still more suffering to his family by foolishly admitting the plight to people from whom he made his li- livelihood. He would do anything, he said, but that. Being intrigued, however, he invited our friend to his home sometime later, And just as he thought he was getting control of his liquor situation, he went on a roaring bender. For him, this was the spree that ended all sprees. He saw that he would have to face his problems squarely and that God might give him mastery. Wow. You know, while I was reading that, I was thinking about how I felt like nobody knew what I was doing. Nobody knew I was eating, you know, and eating and eating and eating. I was almost 300 pounds and 5'1". I wasn't able to walk much. I had stenosis of the spine, um, and I couldn't walk probably 10 feet uh, without having to sit down. I had pains in my back, in my joints, in my ankles, in my legs. I had hurt my knee uh, twice and broken my ankle twice, probably because of my weight. I was taking three shots of, of something to help my body create insulin and one shot of insulin a day. I had high blood pressure and diabetes and I weighed almost 300 pounds at 5'1". And I thought nobody else knew that I was a compulsive overeater? Uh, What denial was I living in? Everybody knew, nobody. I couldn't fake it if if I tried. I ate so much sugar. I was on constant binges binges and and benders as sprees, and it was only, only, only after the last one. I don't know what brought me here, but boy, it it was bad. I had two bariatric surgeries, 
and I was gaining weight back and I couldn't understand why I couldn't have one piece of chocolate. <laughs> Thank God I'm almost, almost, well, I'm over two years without any chocolate. I am abstinent and free today without trying. I eat three meals a day. I prepare my food in advance. I know what I'm going to eat most days because it's always the same and I don't care. I used to graze after my second surgery. But guess what? I don't have to do that anymore. Thank you all for, par- for sharing this message, this message of recovery, of hope, of dreams, of love, of passion. And thank you for bringing me my, my God and helping me find my higher power. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Lauren. Okay, um, if you just uh, if you just fell out of bed, we're on page 155, and Lauren read starting with the second paragraph through two paragraphs on 155. So, um, if you have a pulse, uh, you're new, you're old, you're whatever you are. Who would like to share on what was read? Jackie B from the Bronx. Jackie. Vasa O. Vasa O. Who else? Don't be shy. Lance L. Matt Lance. M. Matt. How about a couple more? Sally Beth A. W. Sally A. And who was that? A? Beth W. Beth W. Let's stop there for the first round. Here, here's who we got. We got a lineup. First, we got Jackie B. Bussa O. Lance, Matt, Sally A. And Beth W. Jackie B. from the Bronx. Good morning. Hi, good morning. This is Jackie B. from the Bronx. Thank you, everybody, for your service, and you, Larry, and Lauren, for that great share. I totally identify. I come from big numbers myself. Um, It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, I used to look in the mirror and only look from the head up, never look down. Um, And, you know, wondering why, you know, I ate what I ate and, you know, trying to hide, you know. How could you hide? You know, I was over 373 pounds. You can't hide that. And and the crazy Mishagas that I, you know, I all these scenarios I made up that I knew better. You know, even in, you know, 20, over 26 years in recovery, um, you know, all the different absence, all the different food plans I went on and, you know, and all the arguments I've had with my husband. No, it doesn't matter whether I have this. What is it that? And all it really took was one day I was open and and willing to hear that it's the allergy of the body and the mind. Um, the fact that if I ingest certain ingredients, certain uh, foods, that, you know, the obsession will continue. And all of a sudden, the world opened up. I don't know where, I don't know how, I just know that the day I said, you know what, let me try taking out all these things, even the sugar freeze, the this, the, the, that, the, and, and I am a volume eater as well. 
you're just knowing who I am, not only as a compulsive overeater, but that certain foods, certain quantities, certain behaviors um, trigger my obsession, opened my world. Because when I took eliminated those, I was able to hear the message. I was able to do the steps. I was able to be of service to other. It was, I was able to say, Jackie's selfish and self-centered. Well, that's amazing. And I just want to put this out there. Yesterday I went to a, see a second opinion on my, my medical conditions based uh, solely on life. And he weighed me. And I am half a Jackie. I weigh 186.5, which is half of the Jackie that was 373 pounds. Amazing. It sounds weird. It sounds crazy. But I was like, wow. And that's all because I'm in recovery. That is because today, under no circumstances do I not believe that I'm a compulsive overeater and that I don't have to first not indulge in the foods that will trigger the obsession, and then I have to be of service. My service is telling you I work these steps every single day. I do what is necessary. No more excuses, no more lies, no more fibbing. It, no more, you know, negotiations. I do this program, and I do it willingly and lovingly, and I don't have the voices in my head today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Jackie. Thalsa, are you down in Florida? You go down somewhere it's warm, don't you? Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered. Compulsive Ovita calling from Port Charlotte, in Florida, yeah, this is a really good paragraph. It reminds me where I came from uh, when I was introduced to the program. I didn't, ha- I didn't come from big numbers, but it was getting progressive. I'm only like five one, and I had to lose maybe like 30, 35 pounds. But it was getting progressive for me because the reason it was getting progressive because everything I tried, it just was not working any longer. And I remember saying, so what's the use? So I surrendered. I gave in to, into the food addiction. And it's by the grace of God. See, I didn't know this was a disease. I didn't know it was called eating disorder. I didn't know any of that stuff. You know, I came like th- three decades ago. It wasn't as much, uh, you know, talked about, you know, food addiction, all that stuff. But I knew I had it because I took an inventory of myself how I was eating, so I, I, I am one of you. I am one of them, you know. And I remember the person that my friend that brought me into the program, when our, when our friend related her experience to me, when she related her experience, she agreed that no amount of willpower she might master could stop her drinking for a long time, and I related her, you know, she talked about hers, and I related hers to mine. And I remember her saying, only a spiritual experience considered uh, was absolutely necessary that the price seemed high upon the basis suggested. And I know for me at that time, I just was so ready and willing to surrender. I said, you know, I don't care who I surrender to. If I keep on going and doing what I'm doing, I'm dead anyways. So what's, you know, what's, I didn't see it as a big problem. 
and uh, and I was willing and I was ready. I really, I did step one, two, and three. I can't, he can, and I will let him. And I did surrender on my knees. But I remember even praying to God. I, I was not much of a prayer to God. I really didn't want to have a relationship with God because I was afraid. And uh, I remember coming home from shopping one night, and I remember reaching out, God, if you're out there, you know, please show me where you are. Give me a sign, whatever. Well, not too long after that, my friend showed up at my house, had been in over it as anonymous for a couple of years. In, oh, my time is up. Okay. My time is up. I'm going to stop. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. <laughs> Thanks, boss. I uh, appreciate your share. Okay, we got Lance followed by Matt now batting. Lance. Good morning, Lance. Good morning. This is Lance. I'm a compulsive overeater and I'm recovered in California. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're coming through great, Lance. Thanks, Larry. Um, you know, this is kind of like my uh, my first phone call to uh, one of the members. And, uh, you know, I, I was successful at dieting at times. I, uh, I was really good. And... Uh, the thing about it is it never lasted long. I always went back to eating the way I really wanted to eat. And uh, it, it, it was always a struggle. It was always a forcing thing to, to get onto a diet. And, and uh, I was told about the spiritual experience. And I was like, oh, cool. There's a spiritual experience diet. What's that all about? And uh, I was told it wasn't a diet at all. It was a personality change. And I had never heard about changing my eating in that way. Um, I had an image to uphold. You know, I, I, I was a closet junkie. And uh, I couldn't let anybody see the way I ate. I couldn't let anybody know the, uh, the way I thought. And, uh, you know, the spree that ended all sprees, man, like that, that was the worst one. It was the worst one, and uh, it left me in complete despair and hopelessness. I, I was wrecked. I was broken. And uh, I was told to write down that, that relapse. Um, it's funny that, that I was told to do that because one month into my sobriety, I had completely forgotten how bad that was. And... You know, I, I gotta I, I gotta say that I was a slave to all my binge foods. I was the absolute slave, and from here I've made a complete change in attitude, in thinking, in the way I I see food, in the way I see people. It's an amazing program. I thank you for opening the doors and opening these lines. I pass. Thanks, Lance. Appreciate that. Okay, we have Matt M. followed by Sally A. Hey, Matt, it's your turn, brother. How are you? Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. I'm going over here. You know, I've had binges before my life, and I've had binges where I've gone into my stomach. But, you know, um, there was never enough food that I could have well for me. You know, every time I binge, there was always more and more I wanted. This food is even more. Now, um, I never thought that 
knew that I was a peer yet. My butt was the width of the barn door. And uh, back a few years ago, I was almost 700 pounds. So he, I still think that no one knew that I was a compulsive overeater. And yet I was in denial about it. And I learned from the hard way that, you know, this disease t- takes and takes and takes. I don't give back. I've lost friendships. I've lost education, opportunities. I've lost jobs. I've, I've, I've lost my self-esteem. I've lost my self-worth, my health. I've given up a lot to this disease. And you know what? I'll be damned if I give anything else to this disease. I have a lot of I have healthy friendships now. I just got a new job that I'm starting soon. Um, I have I have hope and I have a willingness to succeed and I have a willingness to move on. My higher power has given that to me because I've surrendered to this. I surrendered to the process and I'm surrendered to my higher power. This, this disease is 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 deadly, cunning, and powerful, baffling and powerful. Excuse me. And um. It's still out there in the parking lot doing push-ups, waiting for me to slip up, waiting for me to get in my head, like, oh, I can have a little bit of this or a little bit of that. And uh, it's waiting for me to slip up and do that because it wants me back. It's constantly moving around and maneuvering to try to get me back. And I have to be ever vigilant by through my, my prayer meditation to work my steps, finishing my step work every day, talking to my sponsor every day, working my, working the tools and uh, using the using the my fellows in a, in a positive way, you know, not just to call them bitch, but to call and actually see how they're doing. It's a talk program, you know, not just not just to convince. But I'm very grateful just for today. I have the willingness to work this program as a source in a big book. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Matt. Okay, we have Sally A, followed by Beth, Beth W. Hey, Sally, how are you? Hi, Larry. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. This is Sally A from New Jersey. Um, I didn't know, like, I always feel I'm not good enough to share because I'm still in the recovery. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm so glad that there's, uh, there's all of you here, you know, people that have time, people that are new, um, all over this recovery process. It's really a wonderful gift. I feel like I'm going to church every morning and hearing what I need to hear. Um, gym every morning, Ned. And eat less. That would be the. Hello. Sally, sorry for the interruption. If we get that, we we got people on the controls there. So you keep going. You're doing okay. great. Okay. So I just wanted to share that, um, you know, this step or this part of the book just um, kind of reminds me a lot of step one, where you know it's the most difficult step uh, for me was to admit the powerlessness because. You know, I live in a society that, you know, most of the people are overweight and and food is glorified. And, you know, I just thought I was one of those chubby people that like to eat. And for to be told I have a disease was very difficult for me to accept. And, you know, I was told I had a disease by my brother who had a drug addiction. You know, I always thought he was the one with the addiction. He's the one with the problem, you know, until, you know, I, you know, I get on the scale and I, I cringe, you know, and, and, and it's that part of my life that I absolutely hate. And despite how much I hate being overweight, I continue to eat, you know. It's like that's the powerlessness for me. Um, and, and for this guy, you know, being told that no amount of willpower is going to stop, you know, that's messed up. Like that that just, it just, it's it was just such a painful um, surreal moment for me when I realized that no matter what I did, um, short of having the surgery, you know, nothing stayed long term. And I had to to finally accept 
that I have this thing and I have to deal with it for the rest of my life. And um, I love the expression one day at a time because now I understand why people say that because it was very daunting when my brother said to me, well, you want to know how I feel, Sally? Like, um, you, you know, how, how is life going to be without bread for you, for example, or chocolate? And I cried. And he says, exactly. That's how I felt about heroin. <laughs> but, you know, to me, heroin was so much worse. But really, it's the same disease. And, um, and it's killing me, just like the heroin was killing him. But I just didn't want to let it go. But for the grace of God and with all of your help, I've been able to let it go. And that's all I have. Thanks for letting me share. Beautiful. Thanks, Sally. Okay, Beth W., it's your turn. Good morning, Beth. Hi, good morning, Larry. This is Beth W. from North Dakota. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're coming through great. Great, thanks. Um, Beth W. from North Dakota, compulsive um, overeater recovered just for today. Um, I really appreciated that very first sentence. Um, when our friend related his experience, the man agreed that no amount of willpower he might muster could stop his drinking for long. I remember the first call I made to someone in this program and said, um, I just don't know how to put the food down. And the person um, who answered the call said um, to me that um, it's just today. And, um, and it didn't have anything to do with my willpower. And eventually that person and I started working together and is my sponsor today. And, and it's been a nice journey. Um, and I did learn that it had nothing to do with me, that it was a spiritual experience and that um, I had a dinner out last night with a friend who invited me and didn't know about um, uh, my compulsive overeating. And I had to call ahead and find out what the meal was going to be and, and would I be able to, should I bring my own food? And, and over the course of dinner, they were just asking because they've seen a change in me, not just physically, but um, in my behavior and personality and everything. And and they said, wow, you must have a lot of willpower. And I said, you know what? I don't. It's, it has nothing to do with me. I could never have done this alone. And um, I, I said, my, my, my spiritual life, my faith life, everything is deeper because of, of what, I've, what I've gone through. And it really is amazing. And I'm so grateful for this program. And I, it says he told how he lived in constant worry that people might find out. And I don't anymore. I don't have to live in constant worry. I might worry about other stuff, but when I'm reminded to turn that all over to my higher power, I don't even have to worry about that either. And so what a gift this program is um, to life in general, not just about my, um, my compulsive eating. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for, um, for being out there today. Thanks, Larry, for your service. Oh, you bet. Thanks, Beth. Okay, we're on page 155, second paragraph, reading through two paragraphs. Who wants in on this deal? Melissa C. Nadia B. Linda D. Nadia. from Connecticut. Linda. Lisa H. Lisa Leslie H. W. Leslie. Alicia L. Mm -hmm. Richmond, Virginia. Okay, we're going to end with with um, Alicia. Okay, for now, just because I don't want to, uh, I don't have my advocates with me, and I'll mess it up here. Okay, so we got uh, Melissa, Nadia, Linda D. Lisa H. Leslie. Jennifer and Alicia, did I get that right? Alicia, I think it was, or Alicia. Alicia N. Alicia N. Thank you, Alicia. Melissa, my teacher, uh, the teacher of children. <laughs> yeah. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're coming through good. Okay, great. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, 
you know, there were certain words that always, like, pissed me off and annoyed me. And one was, like, insane, that I was insane. Um, and the other one was this idea of um, having to, like, go make amends and right my wrongs. And I wanted to pick and choose. You know, I didn't like the, the word insanity um, because I was just that. I wasn't insane. And, you know, when I really dig deep and you think, what is insanity? Um it's delusional thinking. And so, if, yeah, if you're over 300 pounds and you think nobody knows that you're a compulsive overeater, um, that's delusional, right? If, if everywhere you go, food is disappearing and you think nobody can make the connection that it's you, that's delusional. And, um, and so there was a time when I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, willpower is never getting me out of this thing. And I, and I accepted that because I had enough experience with willpower. But I did not want to go out there and tell people who I had stolen food from, I had stolen candy from. I'm, um, I'm a respectable member of, of my society, of, of my world. And I did not want to do that. And you know what? Anything that I refused to do were the very things that took me down. So like all of us, we have binges to end all binges. We have benders to end all benders. And mine was, you know, moments of complete humiliation where um, my mouth was bloody from, from eating cereal, you know, alcoholically, and I continued to chew and swallow, even though it tasted horrible. Um, and so, yeah, I had to let go, absolutely. And the miraculous thing was, you know, when I went out there and I made these amends, um, there was a level of freedom you know, it, it is. This is how we gain freedom. It doesn't make sense. It seems crazy. Why is it that a diet never worked, but going out there and righting my wrongs does? I don't know, you know, but it does. That That's my truth. Thank you so much. With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Melissa. Okay, we have Nadia B. followed by Linda D. Hey, Nadia, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. Nadia B. here in Connecticut, recovered. and so grateful for this um, staff that give us this experience. Um, I love the sentence. Spiritual experience, he conceded, was absolutely necessary. But, <laughs> and there is my but, the price seems high upon the basis suggested you know yeah give me that spiritual experience please but can i avoid the things that i don't like that melissa just talked about and do i really have to put all my bench foods down what if i just you know just eat a little bit once in a while what if it just you know just for the holidays um maybe only on sundays um, you know, the price seems so high. How am I going to live? How am I going to go visit my family again? You know, how am I going to um, attend uh, Christmas parties? <laughs> you know, I don't want to feel different. Yeah, you guys are telling me all this fun stories about you. But I might just might be a little bit different. Um, and this price seems just, just a tiny bit too high. You know, just like Bob, um, you know, he never lost his job. Um, you know, yeah, he went on a, on a little fender bender, right? Um, he was afraid of a man, um, just like I was. Um, what convinced me, <laughs> the convincing um, the food um, has done, 
itself, the, the, the master, my master. Um, and just as this thought was getting, uh, that as I thought that I was getting control of my eating situation, I always, always went on the roaring dander. And that's what makes me so, um, you know, um, my brother Bill and my brother Bob and my, you know, all of you guys, I am so like you. There are no buts today. Thank God. Thank for this. Thank God for the steps that I can see today that I have to face my problems squarely. And, you know, um, and thank God that the steps are designed in this particular sequence that gives me the power and the ability to see that God might give me the strength to go through this work abstinently. Um, it, it is a divinely inspired program. I have no doubt um, about it. And if I could do it, anyone can do it. Um, thank God for the steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Nadia. Okay, we have Linda D. followed by Lisa H. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. Um, this is a very powerful reading because something jumps out at me that I wouldn't have known when I first came in. I've been in the program a really long time, and I'm coming up, if I'm really obedient and careful, on five years of recovery, really recovered. I am recovered. And what jumps out at me is the line that he might have to face his problem squarely that God would give him mastery. Uh, I'm sure when I started, I would have thought mastery was control. I have no more control over food than, I don't know, I don't. Something inside me does, with the help of all of you through the steps and the big book. And that is the divine that's inside me, the soul. And that is a remarkable experience especially for me, not only because I came from a very, very dark place, but because I was an atheist. I didn't want to be, but I was. So God, the divine, however you want to say it, the soul, had to really show up. And there had to be 827 million coincidences for me to catch on that something was happening. And it surely has. I have a life second to none, no matter what problem I have to solve, I still have to face any problem I have squarely that God will show me, guide me, heal me through solving the problem. Thanks. I pass. Thanks, Linda. Okay, we have Lisa H. followed by uh, Leslie W. Hey, Lisa, good morning. It's your turn. Good morning, Larry. Uh, thank you for your service. This is Lisa H., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Tennessee. And, and to, you know, the two lines that just so speak to me, a spiritual experience he conceded was absolutely necessary and that God might give him mastery. Um, and this idea of the spiritual experience, you know, when I was in my disease, I would have said, I have a perfectly lovely, wonderful relationship with my God. Thank you very much. Um, I was at the door. I was in the church every time the doors opened and I was involved in every aspect um, of that. Um, but it wasn't until 
I heard you all talk about the allergy of the body because by golly, I knew I had an obsession around food, um, a mental obsession, but I had never heard about this allergy of the body. Um, and I've had this big book sitting on my bookshelf for my entire married life um, and had never, um, had never had this conversation with the alcoholics in my life. But um, when I started listening and hearing about the allergy of the body um, and put down those alcoholic binge foods, it was like a light went on. It was like my, my sight became unclouded. Um, and I could actually um, start to have an authentic relationship with my higher power and with you all and with other people in my life. Um, it allowed me to start working these steps um, with, um, with abandon, um, to listen to meetings every day, to have a sponsor who guided me through this big book. Um, but the only way that that happened for me was by putting down my alcoholic binge foods and getting started in this work. Um, you know, and the, so that for me, the spiritual experience began to evolve. Um, and of course I'm very much one day at a time. I have to start my day every day in the same manner, you know, making a gratitude list, looking at my prior previous day, um, and how am I cultivating a relationship with my higher power so that I don't ever want to choose the sugar? I, I want to go to God instead of the pantry. Um, and that's how I have to live my life today. And so that the, the spiritual experience really is new every day. If I, I pause throughout the day and ask for the next right thought, what is the next right action? What do I do here? Um, and in that way, um, I'm deepening my relationship with my higher power. And also, I can better carry the message because I have a clear head. Um, I have a much, a much clearer um, communication and relationship with my God for today. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thanks, Lisa. Okay, we have Leslie W. followed by Jennifer. Hey, Leslie, good morning. Hey, Larry, good morning. Um, this is Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee, and you know, I uh, I just want to say as before I share, just some gratitude for our moderators and for the people on this line who are diligent about knocking those hackers off, you know. And to that hacker out there, you know, if I can talk over my four year old, I can certainly talk over you. I ain't, I, I, ain't, I ain't scared. I'm going to fight for my recovery on this line with everybody. So today I just want to share a little bit about um, what it says here about, you know, I don't really want to admit to anybody, why should I, why should my family suffer? Um, I look at that and I think, man, you know, that looks like an excuse that I used to use a lot. Um, and I would say things like, um, you know, um, I don't really want to, I don't really want to weigh and measure my food in front of people because it might embarrass my husband. Um, you know what? He doesn't care. And, and even if he did, this is saving my life. I mean, every time I put my food on that scale, now that's what I have to do. Not saying that everybody does that, but. For me, it is surrender, and it's and it's 
and it's a step one experience for me every time I do that. Um, and and that is what I have to do. And if I have to crawl, if I have to, if I have to crawl under a bridge and 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 tell my worst enemy um, that you know I'm sorry for what I said and I'm sorry for what I did, and if it embarrasses me or if it embarrasses somebody else. You know what? So be it. Um, I don't want to die. You know, I, I don't. I don't want my kids to grow up without a mom. I don't want my husband to, to come home every every day and find his wife in the covers in, in the bed and wonder what, what's what's happening. <laughs> um, you know, I'm so thankful, and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to fight for my recovery. At each and every single day, because I want to live, and I want to live a life that's happy and joyous and free. And that's it. With that, I pass. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Leslie. Okay, we have Jennifer followed by um, Alicia N. Hey, Jennifer, good morning. Hey, Jennifer, press uh, star one, if you would. Sorry, yeah, I was muted. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, you you're so coming through good. Well, I just am just bowled over. This is my second Vision for You meeting, and I cannot believe how wonderful this is, and I so appreciate that everyone is there. Um, I am attempting to be a recovering compulsive overeater again. Um, I wanted to, I can really relate to um, the price seemed high upon the basis suggested, uh, and then at the end where it says he had, of course, um, the familiar obsession that few knew of his drinking. Um, For me, um, the price seemed too high because I had been in program for about, I want to say, three or four years, and I was um, successfully physically um, recovered. Um, And then I had just something that happened in my life that um, was, you know, for whatever reason, it was a relationship issue that was catastrophic to me. And I decided to reject the program um, because the person that I broke up with was in program. It's how I started program, long story, but I think I I was really angry. I was heartbroken. I was just, you know, so what did I do? I turned around and I started um, going much worse than I'd ever been before, you know, buying pound bags of fill in the blank, whatever, um, and getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And um, rather than go to meetings, um, it got worse and worse where I, not only was I not going to meetings, but I was afraid that I would see people in public that would know <clears throat> and recognize the fact that I had fallen out of recovery because over in the beginning, probably for the first six months, it wasn't that obvious. But as every, all of us know that have gained weight, it's obvious after a while. And I, I ended up putting on 80 to 100 pounds um, over the last a few years. Uh, and it's gotten to the point now where um, the price isn't too high for me at this point. Um, I'm no longer worried about being embarrassed. I'm more worried about dying. Um, uh, I'm in a really bad place, and, and I'm working towards getting to a better place by being here. Um, it's gotten to the point where I've avoided going to work uh, because I can work from home when I, you know, I'm supposed to be going into work more. Um, and, and I think the thing is that uh, you can see it's impacting various aspects of my life. Um, I've sort of been in hiding for four years is what it feels like, and I've almost become sort of like a shut-in because I think somehow people aren't going to know I relapsed. It's really ironic. The people that I were, was hiding from I started to see around the neighborhood uh, recently. So 
uh, you know, the secret's out, I guess I want to say. And why, why I came back is because I cannot deal with nightly acid reflux, the constant sweating from being so overweight, the high blood pressure. I have constant pain from sitting um, and being so sedentary. Um, and it's really funny. I was digging through my library here to find my big book, and, and I actually ended up having to go online because I don't have it anymore because I gave it away to give it the people that, quote, really needed the AA book. Uh, fortunately, I've kept my OA books, but um, I'm past the point that is in the book right now. I am so desperate and want recovery so badly. Um, I feel brand new being here. And I just, again, I'm going to close, but I just really want to thank everybody for being here to support me and everyone else that needs it because um, there's nowhere else to go. This is the, you know, what they say, this is the end of the road. And, I, again, my gratitude is uh, through the roof. I appreciate you, and I, I wish everybody a great day. And that's it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jennifer. Appreciate that you're here. Um, Alicia N., good morning. And Alicia, press press star one if you would. We kind of, we muted on you, I'll bet you. Thank you. I'm Alicia N., recovered compulsive overeater from Richmond, Virginia. And this is the first time I'm sharing, so I'm going to try to speak above my pounding heart. Um, when uh, Pinocchio lied, his nose grew. When I lied, my tail grew. Even though my numbers weren't large, my tri- um, uh, my numbers weren't large, but my emotional and spiritual um, price was were huge. Um, that's where I felt it. Uh, my trigger foods were mood altering. I would feel depressed. I hated myself. I didn't. I, I wasn't interested in my three kids. I just wanted to eat. Um, then uh, in 1986, I discovered OA. And um, then several years ago, I started listening to Vision. And this past year, I was sponsored by a visionary. And even though I've had the big book in my possession since 86, um, I, I never really, I, I didn't get it. I, I didn't get it. And this, this, my sponsor brought to my attention the big book like never before. And um, I saw words like entire abstinence. I saw words like allergy of the body, mental twist of the mind. And um, I, I am finally understanding that these are um, essential to my recovery. And um, I um, am grateful to um, the um, experiencing the word for the first time, uh, the word recovered. I, I never understood that I could experience this kind of fourth dimension. Um, it's, it's been incredible, and um, I'm sorry for my shaky voice and my, my nervousness, but I, I just am feeling very grateful uh, to all of you for your service, and I am uh, forever grateful to uh, the vision that uh, put a vision for you on this line. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Alicia. I heard eloquence and peace. That's all I heard anyway. Okay, who who else um, would like to share? we got time for maybe one, maybe two. Jenny Lisa B. Jenny and, and Lisa. Let's go with Jenny and Lisa. If you guys would split maybe a couple minutes each. Jenny, it's your turn. Larry, I said Penny. Did you? Did oh, Pen- Penny C. How do I not know that name? Shortstop, Penny C. Hey, Penny. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody on the line. I'm Penny C. 
recovered compulsive overeater in Boston. And, oh, I'm so grateful to be here to say um, recovered. I'm looking at just that one word, willpower. You know, all my life from the time I was a little kid till I got to OA, people told me that my problem was I had no willpower. And then I got to OA and found recovery, and then I was told, wow, look at all the willpower you have. It was always that, willpower, willpower, until one day I was out for breakfast several years ago with a with a, um, a nun friend of mine who's, who's um, almost 95 years old now, and when it came time to order the breakfast and I said, hold the toast, I don't eat bread, and she said, you really don't, do you? You don't eat, you, boy, do you have willpower. And my answer just, God put the words in my mouth. I said, no, sister, it's God power. And that's exactly what it is. No longer do I even entertain the word willpower. It's definitely God power. And of that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Penny. Hey, Lisa B., will you wrap us out, take us out here? Good morning. Yes, good morning, Larry. Can you hear me okay? Perfectly. Okay, great. I have a new headset, so hopefully it won't disconnect me. Um, good morning, everyone. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I'm so grateful for all the shares, and I just wanted to share my experience being, when I was a new person sharing on this line, I was so scared. I really felt like everyone there on the line had taken classes on how to be professional speakers because I just thought, how do they do it? And I put myself out there. I just started sharing, started sharing. And I really feel like each time I share, just like each time I pick up the phone and make an outreach call to a newcomer, take on a new sponsee, share a 10th step with a recovered fellow, I'm squishing, you know, this illness, which wants me to stay quiet. And I love the word being intrigued. That's what happened to me when I came on this line. I started hearing the sound of recovered voices. I had never heard recovered voices in OA. And frankly, I even hear sometimes even more recovered voices than I do in some of my beloved AA meetings. But the thing I wanted to share is I was intrigued. It drew me in like a flame. And um you know, I didn't know how much denial I was, how isolated I had been for so many years in this illness, minimizing it, minimizing it, minimizing it. But when I started hearing you guys, even before I got a recovered sponsor, um, the denial started cracking, you know, and I knew I was in, I was in, I was desperate. I was so desperate. I was even more desperate than I knew I was desperate. And then I realized I had been living in quiet desperation and he talks about here um, constant worry of those who might find out. I was in constant worry of when the binge was going to come on the way it had all those years ago before I went into treatment. With me, the illness went underground, but it just sat waiting. And it was on my shoulders, breathing down my neck, you know, for so many years. And the other thing is, it's patient. This illness is so patient. And as we get older, as I got older, you know, the, the illness actually gets stronger. The strength of the illness gets stronger as I get older and weaker. That's also my experience. So I'm so grateful I started speaking out, and I'm grateful for the newcomers I heard this morning because you remind me of who and what I really am. And now maybe I sound like a professional speaker. I don't know, but I'm still scared when I share on the line. But I do because I want to sit in the face, you know, of the fear of this illness that wants me to be quiet and isolate. So with that, I pass. Thank you. 
Thanks so much, Lisa. Appreciate that. And thank Hi. you to everyone. To, oh, thank you. Um, We're going to close out if, if we can, and then we'll probably be able to answer some questions for you after this. So thank you to everyone who has shared, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study. Um, that's where you can, you can ask some questions, too, immediately following closing, and they'll probably answer a few questions that people may be running around in your head. The share ID for today is, uh, again, today is Friday, November 9th for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 12161. That's 12,161. And so uh, we are now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164. We're going to follow that with the serenity prayer. And Lynn S., are you there to read that for us? Hi, yes. This is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. Good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation, which you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.